You're listening to the new Self-Made Composer Podcast, episode 20. Welcome to the Self-Made Composer Podcast, a place for you to learn all the tips to help your hobby into a major successful creative business. We'll teach you everything from like mindsets to compositional techniques and much more. So if you want to become a successful composer or creative, this is the place for you. Welcome to the brand new Self-Made Composer podcast. And it's going to be really interesting because we're going to be changing the format how we used to do it. And I am joined with a fantastic composer in his own right who has had his music on many big trailers such as the Injustice animated series, the Falcon and Winter Soldier and Walking Dead. I am joined with the fabulous and handsome Sam Griffiths. How are you Sam? Hello Sam, thank you for inviting me to be on your podcast and uh, thank you for that amazing intro. (laughs) (laughs) Well, right now you are my new co-host for this podcast, so it is fitting to have like a massive intro for you. I was thinking of just like having some like amazing like hype for it in post probably. All right, like a (laughs) da-da-da-da. Yeah, something like that, or just like a massive crowd screaming for it. Oh, okay, that could work. I mean... Yeah, I'm I'm really good, thank you. How are you, Xavier? I'm not too bad, it's just like since things are, well kind of like moving in the right direction of like all the music stuff that has been kind of put on hold is starting to like resume back into things now so just basically just being busy with doing all that stuff as well as just doing other stuff on the side as well so yeah it's just been keeping myself busy good to hear well apparently you have been having like a fantastic year so far it's just like all these amazing placements with all the big like trailers such as the falcon and winter soldier which is kind of the big thing was like during this year yeah this year has sort of things have taken off a little bit which is really good news and i'm hoping that trend sort of continues since the pandemic things sort of went down a little bit and then sort of start of this year like things started to open up a little bit more and now they're pretty much back as they were before if not more successful so that's good yeah definitely definitely it's just like well it's just starting to get really back into it now with especially us as composers we will always be constantly working now it's just going to be a little bit more than ever <laughs> exactly exactly yeah well let's just get stuck into it right now we're going to be talking about a very important topic we kind of mentioned this like way back in the original podcast very briefly but we're dedicating this little episode just to talk more in depth about it. And I think it's one of the most crucial books to really read, but also to discuss about, especially when you're starting in this business, but not just in music, but also in like any creative aspects, as well as any kind of like industry. And it is the amazing red book, which is called The Go-Giver. And it's a very interesting concept and I've read it quite a few times and Sam has read it as well. And I want to know what's your amazing thoughts onto it. I thought it was really good because it shows a completely new perspective on the way you work. A lot of people sort of start out and think, right, how do I achieve what I want to achieve? How do I succeed in music? But instead thinking of it from the other person's point of view, from your either your client or your collaborators points of view and then understanding what you can give to them and that definitely helps you succeed and obviously like that's only a very broad definition of what's covered in the book but that was the main 
sort of takeaway that I took from it was to change your focus around from what can I achieve to what can I do to help other people achieve and that will in turn help me achieve yeah it's basically the foundation of the whole book is basically just being a good person about it yes and it's a very interesting concept because it's just that it's teaching you on the ways there's just like especially when you're starting out it's all about adding value to someone and no one knows that more than me and you sam we are as composers we are adding value to people we're just basically it's just like it's not about us Mm -hmm. that's what it is it's just like we can't be selfish in this kind of business because that kind of defeats the whole concept of our idea as freelancers really because we're providing a service to them it's like as me and sam we are providing our music to help in the kind of concepts of like expanding the emotion and concept of the media whether it's in trailer films or tv and etc and it's just basically it's just that's all it is it's just about adding value do you have anything that you we can apply to this in this concept from the book so for example if you're thinking about approaching a filmmaker and then you're writing a cue and you start thinking of it like this is my cue like i want to do all these sort of things and, and i've got so many ideas but then the director says like all of this doesn't work this isn't what I'm after. But at the end of the day, your job is not to create a piece of music for the sake of music. Your job is to create a piece of music to work in collaboration with the picture. Or if that's, for example, the filmmaker, but you're almost adding value to their projects because with their projects, without any music, you lose a lot of the emotion and you lose a lot of the storytelling and it really helps amp up whatever you're meant to be feeling the music is there to add to that rather than to be a separate piece of art in its own right yeah and it is basically that's all it is well i think it's just like especially when you're starting out and when you have like no clients or anything you're just literally just came out of like university college or literally anything out of education i think is the good start is just literally just like when you go to like events like networking in film especially now a lot of things are online now so it's just like you don't really need to like go to places like london but even though that would be kind of like an advantage i think it's just mostly it's just like when you're starting out you have to give value and make sure that you are actually there for not as an agenda to like get work Mm -hmm. because i find that as like a massive flaw and i see that in like a lot of networking like events especially when they just like want to when they approach someone they just like it's all about them Mm -hmm. just like building a relationship it's all about like the long-term kind of way of thinking of it it's like it's all about relationship and you and i know the concept is like it's who you know in the business yeah that's definitely something that comes up you either go to events or meet people online and you first of all develop some kind of relationship some kind of friendship with them and not with the intention of like in six months i'm going to hit you up for some work or something but with the intention of hey we're both creative people let's just chat and then you never know like down the line something may come they might be needing a composer or a sound designer or something like that and if you are talking to them a lot and you're at the top of their minds they're going to reach out to you rather than to a lot of other people who are equally as qualified obviously qualification and being able to deliver what you you say you can deliver is paramount and if you haven't got that then all of this is kind of irrelevant but if once you're at that stage then you can definitely be at that point where people will start reaching out to you because they know you and they have some kind of bond with you already but also it doesn't have to be adding value in a business way it could be such things as adding value by adding a good friendship maybe you go out for drinks and you give them a good conversation that's value in a different 
light and people will treasure that and almost come back to it. You might meet someone at an event or like just in general and then a year down the line have not really done anything with them, but a year down the line something comes up and they're in a tight spot and they need a composer quickly or they need a sound designer or a mixing engineer or anything really, but you might be in that position to provide them and you're going to be at the forefront of their mind because you've already developed that connection. Yeah. To add on to that is basically is just like we're adding value, not just in any sense, it's just in the very basic personal sense, really. You don't have to like uh, just add values in the kind of the business context, but also it can start the foundation very early, even before that, by just like suggesting like little things is like this restaurant, I think is very good. Oh, I know a very good video editors, like I'll, I'll give you that person's number. It's just little things to like build it up. And really, it's like, I don't know about you, Sam, if you garden at all, but like it's all like about planting seeds and then you nurture them and it's growing it's kind of like that kind of concept that makes a lot of sense it's all about that and that's what basically the go-giver is talking about obviously it's just more about like being that kind of person just to add value and just to bring that kind of like forefront of like of a relationship and it also touches on the concept of like giving more value than you actually worth and it can sound like a little bit oh no it's just like you're doing more work than you're getting actually paid it's not that kind of concept really there's a difference between giving more than you're worth and being taken advantage of yes definitely yeah because it's the point of it like is you want to give them this idea is that you're giving them good quality and they think you're giving them kind of like a bargain thing it's just like if something is very subconscious in, in their mind it's just like they feel that it's, it's amazing high quality stuff and it's like they can't believe like you're like giving it away and it kind of builds that kind of relationship is just like they trust you more in that kind of sense it just builds a stronger foundation onto it which is like I think which is very crucial in this kind of stuff especially when you're starting out what's your thoughts about it? Yeah I think that's a good thing especially when you're thinking about giving more than you're receiving and value wise you could say something along the lines of if they've got a project that's on a tight deadline and it's there and you're going to do the occasional okay I'm going to work on this like into the evening I'm not going to make a regular occurrence of it but I'm going to put my time in because I value this project that's going to really give them a sense of okay this guy really values this project and you can provide value in giving great quality work but also being there in a pinch when they're like i really need something fast and then you turn it around say in two days or in a day or maybe three days a week whatever the deadline is but you deliver consistently and constantly that's not only you giving them music which is one value but also you're giving them reliability which is a very useful thing that they will value a lot because then on the next project and they go, oh, this guy has delivered and delivered and delivered and it's constant. I'm going to go to that guy again. Oh, I'll try out someone else because that was good quality work, but it was a bit sketchy in, in terms of, oh, we were getting a bit panicky at the end. It was just no, always there and not always asking immediately about like, how much are you getting paid for this? How much am I getting paid for this? But like setting your price and then doing the work and then sending them in the invoice, but not really thinking about the money every single step of the process, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. That is the best way to think about it. And it is basically, it's all about like providing more value. Is. And you kind of have to be authentic about it because it's just like, there's no point of just like faking like it. If you're going to fake being a good person, then it's just like, you're just going to fake just doing a good relationship all the way through. Because it's just like, it's all about agenda, which is like, how many people have you worked with who are like not as authentic as you think they are, really? 
I've been actually quite lucky in terms of not really experienced that much of that. When I was first starting out, I maybe had some clients who weren't the greatest, but in the last couple of years, I've not really experienced anything like that. So I found myself quite lucky in that terms. Yeah, it's the same thing with me as just that when I was starting out, it's just like people promise you things and then it's never delivered and that stuff. But so far in my career at the moment is just that people have been like authentic and it's all about having a good relationship with them right now. And that ties into a topic, well, not a topic, but a like subtopic of what we're talking about, like the ways that people use elevator pitches or like trying to pitch this ideas to you. Have you ever come across of someone who used an elevator pitch or have you used the elevator pitch like yourself i have but not that often it's not really something i do a lot yeah if anyone doesn't know what an elevator pitch is basically is pitching someone in a short amount of time like if you were in an elevator with them basically that's what it is i have like made an elevator pitch for myself in case but I don't really use it because it's just like the concept of an elevator pitch is kind of like pointless really unless you're like someone like at the level of Hans Zimmer and John Williams that you kind of build that kind of reputation but like you don't really need an elevator pitch because you've got a reputation there I think it's useful in terms of like one of the first things people ask when they meet you is going to be what do you do for a living and it's good to sort of be able to sum it up in a way I really am terrible at this I don't really know how to explain it very succinctly if that makes sense but like also thinking of it in terms of pitch length if you're a, a filmmaker and then I'm pitching to you to to score your next short film or feature film or whatever yeah it's coming up with a very succinct way of doing that but I think actually it's better to sort of sit down with potential clients over a drink and chat it out for a longer situation obviously you're not always going to have that opportunity but I tend to find that my more successful ventures have been from times when I've spent more time up front sort of developing that relationship and developing that time to explain rather than just immediately going in there with an elevator pitch and going right this is what I can provide and they're going to go, great, thanks. And then we like handing your CV out to them. They're going to go, thank you. I'll put it in the drawer and come back to it. But then they've got other people who they're already talking to. So you're like already 10th on the list or something. Yeah, definitely. Problem with elevator pitches is that majority of the people who do them is like they're not really thinking about what they can provide. It's all about what they are. Mm-hmm. It's all about them. It's just like, oh, let me give you like a quick example. It's just like I'm a composer. I can compose music for you in a very action and musical style or something like that. That was a terrible one, but <laughs> you kind of get the idea. But it's like you can hear that it's all about them. It's all about the features rather than the element of providing the value of it. The point of the elevator pitches is like, what can I do for you? Yeah. It's not about like what I can offer. It's not about like what I am and what I can do. It's like what I can offer you. Yes. It has to go on the lines as something like I'm a composer. I write high quality film and cinematic music at a very quick pace. You can hear the difference there. Yeah, that's so much better. It's like I niched it down to like a certain genre and I have a little catch as like I do it quickly. It means is that I'm providing value is that if they want something quick, I can do it for them. And that is what an elevator pitch should sound like. But I would say not really the point of having an elevator pitch. And it's not all about like having the perfect pitch because like I can tell you straight away, there's no such thing as a perfect pitch. No, that's true. There's no such thing. I have worked in sales and retail firms out there, they can all tell you that there's no such thing as a perfect pitch. If there's a perfect pitch, we would have found out by now, really, literally. That's true. 
And that's what the go-giver is talking about, is that you don't want to sound pitchy. You want to sound authentic. It's someone who's like actually interested into what you're doing and want to like have an actual working relationship that we can build on and like probably have a long-term relationship like John Williams and Steven Spielberg, Christopher Nolan and Hans Zimmer. And like there's others I can think of out there as well. It's all about that. It's about being a good person rather than having good sales skills. Yes. And I think there's also authenticity is all about as well. Being on that same vein is kind of rather than saying these are the styles of music that I write. What kind of style of music do you want for the film? Of then sitting down with them, with the filmmaker and saying something along the lines of, can you tell me a bit more about the film? What are your influences? Where is it set? What sort of genre are you looking for? And then talking about, well, I feel for that sort of genre, this style usually works. And not pitching to them, but most coming up with a thing. Obviously, they might say, no, I want this specific style and I want this. And then you provide that. But if you come up with the concepts of how the score should sound together with the filmmaker, rather than immediately sort of going, these are the styles I want. These are the styles I can write. And you sort of feel much more like collaboration. They're going to feel really happy about it. They're going to go, I had a say in music rather than just handed my project off. Because, I mean, filmmakers, it's their baby that have been cherishing and their script that have maybe written 10 years ago and they're finally getting to actually put into film. And they're not going to just want to just hand that off to someone else and go, okay, score it, write some music and I'll have it back when it's done. They're going to want to be really involved in that process and going to want you to sort of talk them through what your ideas are. They want you to be as invested in the project as they are. If you think about like the Dune soundtrack from Hans Zimmer, where he went and he was using all these sounds that sound a little bit influenced by Middle East and styles and obviously the desert is such a big part of that film. And I imagine, obviously, I wasn't there when they were pitching the ideas but imagine they sat down they discussed right what kind of soundscapes are you looking for and trying to come up with something together rather than being completely separate yeah definitely that's exactly what you said it's, it's not about you it's about the relationship of like suggesting things because when you're working on film projects or a TV series or anything in like visual media it's all about them because this is their project that they owned and they've probably been in the process of pre-production like for years even decades like the hit show on Netflix Squid Game that was in production for 10 years before they started filming and literally the director had quite a few mental breakdowns for just making making it really and all of a sudden it became a major success and right so because the amount of detail and like effort has gone into it it just shows like how much interesting it is to the wider audience and yeah like there's nothing to really add much more than that and one of the final points we can talk about on the go giver is also about relationships of with pretty much with anyone because everyone is connected in a massive web even though they're not in connected with the industry that you're trying to aim for people can talk oh, of course yeah, yeah it's like a domino effect is basically it just spreads like a virus bad analogies it's the, like <laughs> it's this condition that we are in but it kind of does like that with the power of like um, social media people talk at a much more quicker pace and I think it's also to have a good relationship with people with other fellow composers and I see a lot in our industry where we like what's the polite way of saying it rude to our fellow colleagues and many people say competitors I have to be honest really it's just I think that's kind of like pathetic really is just like to see other composers 
as a threat to me because the point of the go-go-give is, is he has an opportunity because we're in a community where we're all doing the same thing. We're all trying to not just get better in personal life, but in business and everything. And this community is quite small, even though there's a vast majority of us as well. And like, I'm not going to be very petty in a way and like say that Sam is a massive threat and I call him a, a massive prick who like stole like a massive project from me. I'm not going to be like that. It's just like, oh, you're a dick and that. <laughs> no, no, I can see it as an opportunity as like basically think of it more of this way. It's like you will be more in my favor if I have a good friendly relationship with Sam than if I burn that bridge down, really. Absolutely. I also think talking about what you were talking about, how people get slightly ratty and competitive, and especially if it's published online, say, for example, in some of the Facebook groups or on YouTube comments, I'm thinking particularly of like the Spitfire composition competition challenge that happened last year or the year before i can't remember now but you see it like even if it isn't to your taste if you don't have anything positive to say it's better not to say anything because it's there published and potentially like either clients or people who you may collaborate with in the future maybe people who would mentor you in the future say you end up getting a composer's assistant position your potential major like stepping stones to your career those people will see those comments and if you or potentially you may see those comments and you want to put yourself out in a positive manner no matter what and i think it comes down to like if you don't have anything positive to say just don't say it like when i saw the spitfire composition thing to start with i wasn't that massive fan of it but watching it back a few times it's you realize how actually different it was and i think immediately people went oh it's chip tune and then stopped listening but you listen to actually some of the orchestral work in that and the way the sample libraries are used is very skillfully done so i think it's just people had a gut-wrenching reaction and then went i've got to type this out and then hans zimmer got involved and said well i wouldn't work with any of you guys who are doing this so i mean if he's seen it and he's at the top then everyone beneath him's also seen it if you're at the bottom rung of the ladder that's where you're going to stay if you're going to put them yeah definitely and especially with the spitfire thing about i think it was like two years ago or something like that it had a massive spark reaction with many composers i didn't really think much of of it really personally is just like it's something i wouldn't do but like i find it fascinating that who won it basically did it in that style and like people were ranting because like oh he has connections with um jj abrams or, or like something like that it's just like it doesn't matter if he has good connections if he does the work well then it doesn't matter yeah and that's the point of it and the thing is it's just being about like massively petty about it you just basically just literally dented and like hindered yourself in this path of composing success in a way because it's like think of it more of this kind of context it's like if i burn a bridge with sam like literally right now it just like it kind of cuts me off of like a majority of connections that he knows as well so you kind of like have that kind of have a little bit more openness and also say in, in a hypothetical sense if sam was like had like a massive amount of success and he's working with all these major like clients like let's say jj abrams like magically called him up can you work on this that would be cool yeah, that'll be majorly cool. It's just like, can you help me with this project? And then all of a sudden, Steven Spielberg calls him up and then like, he just to work on this project. And then all of a sudden, Christopher Nolan calls him up again. <laughs> and then he's just like, well, he's got too much. So it's just like, he gets like, oh, I can recommend you another composer because I have my hands full and he gives it to me. That will benefit me more than like, if I burnt a bridge with him, he would not recommend that work to me, really. Not at all. Yeah. No. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I think that's another thing of seeing 
fellow composers rather than as competition, but as opportunities of you may potentially have work in the future that they're too busy, for example, exactly what you've just said, or in terms of like doing work for them, if they're too busy to do specific things, you can maybe do certain tasks for them, not as like a complete separate project, but like say that you can stem their material or, or like it, there's so many different ways of thinking about it. It's, and it goes with every form of life, really, of just mm -hmm. being good to people and people will be good to you. <laughs> that yeah. pretty much sums it all up. Yeah, that pretty much sums everything up, really. It's just like the whole context of the go-giver is like it's about opportunity in a way of just providing value and like just being the person that is gives you that kind of connection because the being kind of person that people will like, oh, that's a nice guy or is like, is a person that I can rely on. That makes massive more impact than you can imagine. And it impacts more than your skill. It impacts more than your financial reputation. It impacts so much more than people can realize, really. It's not about sales skills. It may be a little bit in a fraction, but like more about being the person that people know that you're good and you're reliable people can count on really yes and uh, just one extra thing as well was something that happened to me fairly recently six months ago maybe five four months ago something like that of people talk to each other as well like you get so happened one of the people who i work with fairly regularly he plays football with someone else who i had not ever met and this other person he was looking for some music he wanted it quickly and this guy recommended me and now i've had four projects with this other guy so it just happens that like people talk and you might not have any opportunities come from it but there might be one and it's not about having a massive client base of like okay i'm gonna work with like 500 different people because you'd lose track you'd go mentally i've got too much work coming in but working with a select few who also work with a select few who works and then that trickles into this person's given me two projects this month and then this person's given me a project and this one who I came to before is oh there's a different source is always asking and you want like a spider's web out like that if that makes sense yeah yeah definitely like it's all interconnected and it's like it's all about that is there anything you think that we should add from the go-giver i think we've covered most of it to be fair the only other thing about authenticity as well because there was the five points of value and composition and um, but authenticity being yourself with it and sort of making sure if you write predominantly orchestral music and then someone comes asking you for a rock soundtrack and don't just sort of go like oh yeah like i'll do that for you either go to them sorry this isn't really my thing but here's someone i can recommend then if you've worked with them a few times then definitely do that because then they'll come back to you because they won't think oh he's worked with me three times and it's been great and then he's gave me a fourth one which is a bit poor he's got worked with me three times and it's been great and then the fourth time he recommended someone who was also great and then you end up with that thing rather than sort of trying your best to do every single project that comes in and then not playing to your strengths, but being authentic about what you do well at and writing the style of the music that you know that you can write rather than trying to fake being good at not trying to be good at everything. And then it's not faking it, but not trying to be good at everything and then end up sort of being giving the poor performance that doesn't reflect well back on you. Yeah. Like we mentioned it a little bit earlier in the episode is about like being honest and being authentic as just basically is just don't try and be this person that you think 
you can be. But why would you rather try and be someone you can't be than can you just be yourself? It's like right now in this kind of like climate where we like many people are trying to like be this Hans Zimmer like doppelganger or copycat really. It's just like you kind of have to think about why would I want to be a Hans Zimmer copycat? Why can't I just like if you want a Hans Zimmer copycat, you get Hans Zimmer really. really. That's true. If you're talking about size of budgets that would afford him, then yeah, sure. <laughs> That's, uh... Yeah, well, yeah, kind of. But the whole point of, of like being composer in like having a reputation like Hans Zimmer you have to be authentic in your own sense because it's just like if you're just going to be known as that guy who is like the cheaper Hans Zimmer you're setting yourself as a value really that's true you're always going to be known as that like okay I'm the budget Hans Zimmer not the premium Sam Griffiths or the premium Xavier Lowe like you don't want to be ever cornered into a thing of just being like oh you're the thing that I could get here but cheaper like yeah that doesn't look good you end up being the pound shop yeah exactly it's just like why would you want to be pound shop when you can be like Waitrose really yeah that's one way of thinking of it yeah there's one way of thinking of it definitely and one final point I want to like end it on really is that the go-giver also puts heavy hand on this kind of concept and I think it's kind of crucial especially when you're in early stage of this business is that the idea of like keeping score like oh you owe me this and owe you that that's not how a good relationship is really in working and in romantic and personal relationships any kind of relationship it's like when someone keeps score or just like on how much what they get owed it's never going to end well it's just like you may think it's unequal or in ways of like in some marriages it's like codependence you may think it's codependence i see as a happier relationship really i think yeah if you're doing something for potential client and not doing it because you go like okay so I've given you three favors, therefore you definitely owe me a film now. Like that's just not how it works. Yeah. There. And if anyone listening has got that out of this, then that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about like you do these favors more as little nuggets of things. You're planting the seeds, and then you're not expecting anything back. But naturally, things will grow. Things will come back to you. But don't be resentful or like expectant on these things. Like every single seed you plant will not come back to you. Like in fact, you will have a lot of times where you go down a path and nothing comes of it but then if you put out enough of these seeds then definitely something will come back yeah like we said earlier it's all about authenticity like we said originally there's a difference between adding value and taking advantage of obviously you don't want to take where it's like a scale where you're like literally tipping over the funnel. Of course, yeah. But you don't want to be a precise scale as well in a way that it's just like you feel like you're being unbalanced. It's all about like providing little bits of value in the way as a context of just like I can help you with this by just recommending this person or like I can like I can recommend this or like I can help you with that. Maybe you can do this or something like that. It's just little things that's just like spreads the kind of like the nurturing kind of concept of like growing a seed into a plant mm -hmm. and that's what it is yeah well i think we pretty much covered all of the concept of the go-giver there i think so yeah yeah it's just a lot of information well i want to thank everyone for listening and especially want to thank my co-host sam griffiths for being on the podcast again yes thank you xavier for inviting me along and it's always a pleasure and i'm sure we'll do more definitely and i will see you all next time 